Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com. I start every day reading his page one column. Um, It's the best way to get a pulse on the markets. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey Rob, I'm doing well, thank you. Now we just played the song Renegades, uh, or X Renegades. Not much Renegade action going about in your lifestyle, is there? <laughs> um, yeah, you know me too well. That's that's about right. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people don't understand strategists. Um, they're pretty straight laced guys, and they, they they try to see things in a very dry light. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose I do try to put a little bit of color into uh, into my writing style, if you will, uh, to sure. uh, to make things a little more interesting. Uh, you know, I've been at this for 18 years, and uh, from my perspective, writing in you know black and white terms all the time gets a little drab. So um, it's nice to uh, introduce some metaphors and some uh, some flair, if you will, to get the point across uh, about the market's uh, behavior, but. Um, yeah, you know, what I'm seeing right now is kind of, you know, what we've been seeing all year long, frankly. It's just a market that just can't get things figured out, and so it's, you know, chopping around within a, in a within a trading range, and it's finding plenty to worry about and plenty to feel good about, and then its pivot point seems to be this uh, Federal Reserve and what it's going to do with interest rates. Let's get to that in one second. Let's stick with earnings. You mentioned in your first sentence today that better than expected second quarter results from Merck, Pfizer, Ford, and UPS. What made them better than expected? Revenue growth, earnings expectations, uh, was it quality, was it new product? What did you yeah. like about these four? Sure. Well, it, it definitely was not uh, revenue growth. Um, not one of those companies actually reported a year-over-year increase in revenue. Um, and a lot of that, frankly, had to do with the, you know, the impact of the stronger dollar. Um, so what when I say that they were better than expected, it was just simply the bottom line, the earnings per share number came in ahead of street expectations. Um, so, uh, you know, so it, it, they got that label. But uh, the the point I had made uh, in that piece, too, was that the futures were up, you know, strongly pre-market, uh, but it really didn't have anything to do with those reports because all the gains in the futures had occurred prior to those reports were, you know, being released. Um, they didn't... They didn't hurt the tone by any means, but they didn't. They weren't the difference in terms of why the market was trading or expected to trade higher at the open. So, how has earnings season gone, in your opinion? Is it not a lot yeah, of revenue it, growth? Okay, earnings. 
Yeah, well, there's no revenue growth, uh, Rob, unfortunately. You know, we're looking at revenues right now uh, projected to be down close to 4% year over year. Now, granted, a, a significant uh, driver of that decline is is the, you know, the oil price decline and, and what uh, the energy companies are reporting in terms of their revenue. I mean, you know, uh, for example, BP reported this morning and, you know, their revenues were down, I think, 36% year over year. So you're seeing some big declines in the energy sector take that number down. Um, as far as the earnings per share figures, like always, they're coming in better than the marked down expectations. Um, I think we were looking at around down 4.5% or so when the earnings reporting period uh, started. And as of the end of last week, uh, we were tracking uh, aggregate earnings to be down about 2%. So, you know, they get billed as being better than better than expected. But, you know, frankly, they're not good. I mean, you're still looking at, you know, an earnings decline. And, you know, other critics might be quick to say, yeah, but if you take out the energy sector, you're looking at earnings up close to 6% year over year. I get it, but, you know, in the end, it all counts, you know, in terms of factoring for the market's valuation. You can always find a sector that you want to exclude to make the numbers look better or, or uh, you know, and we saw that during the financial crisis when the financial sector was often excluded from the reporting period. So we try to get away, we try to distance ourselves from those types of exclusions, and we do look at the whole pie, and right now it's not looking too great. I disagree with you. Pie always looks great. <laughs> One of my favorite one of my favorite lines is sometimes you take a, a pie in the face and sometimes you're hip deep in pie. I love pie, but you're right. You're right. Um, let's talk a little bit about China. Yep. Uh, that was a, a pretty big kind of crazy couple days there, and I got a couple emails and did some television spots on it of why do we care about China? What, what's your opinion? Well, you know. The, the, the point is made that you know, there's not a lot of household wealth tied up in the Chinese stock market. What I've read and seen is that there's roughly about 10% of Chinese household wealth. So the, the point being is that when you get these collapse in stock prices in the Chinese stock market, it, it shouldn't have a significant economic impact on uh, the world's you know second largest economy, right? So, um, you know, I do take some exception to that viewpoint, however, because I think that uh, there's an underappreciation, really, for the impact on uh, the consumer psyche in China. I mean, people are going to be tuned into what they see going on in this volatile stock market. And while it might not hit them directly, their mindset will be that, you know, their neighbor or their customer, you know, or what have you, might uh, might be, you know, reticent to spend freely because of what's going on in that stock market. And I think that that will contribute to the to the slowdown that is unfolding in China. And I think, you know, we do need to, to, to pay close attention to what's going on over there because, uh, you know, if you get a snowball effect in terms of consumer psychology, not just investor psychology, um, then there will be some real economic impact that filters, uh, you know, throughout the globe. And, um and right now, with what we're seeing, obviously, in the weakness in the commodity space, um, and a lot of noise behind that. You know, is it just a supply issue? Is it because the dollar's stronger? You know, you know, what is it exactly? Is it because China's slowing down? I think all of the above apply there, but uh, that is certainly, uh, you know, a development that should not be dismissed when you get this uh, continued price weakness in what are supposed to be the building blocks. Uh, for for a strong economy, and you're just not seeing that right now. So that brings us to our next point. Uh, the Federal Reserve, obviously they have a meeting this week. 
No one is expecting them to raise interest rates immediately. But September seems to be for real and on the table. Uh, how are you seeing the Fed take a look at the recent action, like in China and European markets, as well as the U.S. kind of not doing a lot? Yeah, you know, the, with the Federal Reserve, you know, time and time again, they've stated that they're data-dependent. Um, uh, and right now that revolves around their, their – their, well, it always revolves around their dual mandate, which is maximum employment and price stability. And, um, you know, the Fed doesn't need to see inflation uh, measured by the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, get price index, get get to 2% before they raise rates. They've said they just simply need to be reasonably confident it's moving toward that objective. And frankly, what you know we've seen unfold uh, in China and with commodities and the dollar strengthening, I mean, those are not inflationary trends. I mean, those are disinflationary trends. So I can't imagine that the Fed has to is sitting in its meeting right now thinking that it can, you know, really be serious when it says that it's feeling reasonably confident that inflation is going to be moving toward its 2% objective anytime soon. Um, you know, they are desperate to raise interest rates, and I think that, you know, if something happens in September where they actually raise rates, it's simply going to be because, you know, I think uh, uh, there'll be some credibility issues involved there because, uh Certainly what we're seeing so far and some of the trends we're seeing unfolding don't support that move in our estimation. But, um, but the, you know, the Fed has said that, you know, it's put out the parameters there as to why they would raise interest rates. I, for one, wouldn't believe it based on what I see right now. Um, I wouldn't find it a very credible move, but they are desperate to raise rates, and they may very well do that, um, finding any reason to raise rates. That sounds pretty good. I recently spent a little time on the other coast, the East Coast, and uh, I realized uh, you know, the Bay Area is very, very prosperous. What's your take, Mr. O'Hare, on the whole prosperity in America and the middle class and the lower income levels? Are they getting left behind? Are we doing enough? Um, as, a, as a stock market participant, it's been pretty good to me. It's, I'm assuming it's been pretty good to you. What's your opinion on prosperity in America? Sure. Well, I have to put the caveat here. I have to be careful. Um, we're a subscription-based service at briefing.com, right? So we we endeavor not to take political views. And um, I'm not. Yeah. You know. And so this is it's a political hot button issue, obviously. Um, but you know, I I approach things from you know I'm a believer in capitalism. I'm a believer in the fact that you know if you've put forth the effort to, you know, become successful and you are successful and, you know, whatever price that comes at, you you know, it's, it's what you've earned. And, um, and and I do think, though, that, you know, our country needs to provide those opportunities that are going to allow people, the, frankly, the opportunity to try to become successful uh, from the lower class to the middle class right up to the, uh, you know, to the upper classes. Um, so, um, there's definitely an issue here that that needs to be addressed, um, but um, you know, I, I personally um, I feel that uh, if you have put in the effort to make whatever amount of money you make, um, you are entitled to that, uh, and you should not necessarily be forced into redistribution of that income. Um, you know, for well, I think for more political reasons than not. I think if I was a smarter man, maybe what I was trying to get at is is the way you look at the economy and the way you look at the stock market, it, has it changed with, obviously, the prosperity of the United States? But we don't need to get into that this time. I want to say thank you so much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com. 
I start every morning reading his words. Whether it's about Merck, Pfizer, Ford, UPS, whether it's about Janet Yellen, whether it's about what's going on in Greece or China, it's very insightful and it's very calming. You can find more about him at briefing.com, more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.